This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Hello, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with a really important, distinguished, beautiful, amazing yeah. guest. Looking great. My friend, looking great. Yeah. I wish this was a vodcast so you could see <laughs> the beauty of this specimen. Uh, but I'm here with my friend, Sean Jones, who is pastor of outreach and evangelism here at Desert Springs Community Church. Say hello, Sean. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Welcome. Thank yeah. you for having me, Robbie. Thanks for being here, man. I'm excited. Today we're going to talk about evangelism and how to do it and why it's important to make it a part of your everyday life. And then uh, we're going to give you some tips and even some verses that you need to you need to memorize, you need to think through in order to be able to go out and to share the gospel with people uh, in ways that they can understand. So before we get to that, I want to give you the coffee tip of the day. Um we live in Phoenix, and it is the end of May, and it's hot. That's right. And uh, I hate getting into my car <laughs> this time of year. Like, it's like the worst thing of my day. Yeah. I wish I could pull off the short, short, and tank top look. Yes. But I think people would revolt. No. So, um, anyway, so with that said, I like drinking coffee all the time. and uh, But I don't want to drink hot coffee right. when it's this hot outside. So the cold brew idea... Cold iced coffee is uh, my go-to this time of year. I switch over from getting hot coffee to getting cold brew coffee um, uh, about every May because I just can't stand to drink hot stuff because I'm going to sweat <laughs> anyway and it'll just make me <laughs> sweat more. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what cold brew coffee is um, and how it's different from iced coffee. So iced coffee is usually just brewed like hot. It's brewed regularly and then they put it in the fridge and then they dump it over ice for you to drink. Whereas cold brew coffee is different. So what cold brew coffee is, is um, you take coffee grounds and you dump it in a big jar with room temperature or cold water. Uh, you can brew it on your counter or in the fridge, um, kind of like iced tea. It's the same idea. Um, but the reason people like it better is because when you cold brew, um, it takes a lot of the acidic taste out of the coffee. The, the heat in, in the hot water when you brew hot coffee brings the acidity out. But if you cold brew it, it makes it much less acidic. And, and people say, oh, man, this tastes so much smoother. It's a lot less harsh. And so cold brewing your coffee gives you, uh, I think, uh, a better taste. Mm -hmm. So if you want a cold brew, you, you take some coffee, you grind it. You can either dump it in a jar with the water directly on it, or you can put it in like a little filter bag and put it into the jar. And then you just let it brew for uh, 12 to 24 hours. Um, and then you've got it. Put it over some ice and you're ready to go. One of the other things I really love about cold brew is that um, you can keep it, it, it stays fresh longer. So you can keep cold brew in your fridge from like three to four weeks without it going bad. Mm. How many of us, brew a hot pot of coffee, and then we leave it for a few days, and yeah. it starts to form that mold on the yeah. top. You know what I'm talking about, I don't Sean. even drink the next day coffee. Yeah, next yeah. day coffee is yeah. gross. But yeah. then when it gets that mold, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's disgusting. Well, cold brew coffee, I mean, four weeks is a long time. You'll drink it in, in four weeks, and it won't go bad or uh, really change its taste too much. So I think cold brewing is good. So what you need to do, go get yourself a big jar, get yourself some coffee. I'm assuming you already have water, and cold brew some coffee and let us know what you think about it so uh save you yourself from drinking something hot when it's 120 degrees outside 
So that's the coffee tip of today, how to make your own cold brew and why it's beneficial. But now let's talk about the important thing. Sean Jones. Well, not you. I mean, you are important, but you're you not mean. the important yeah. thing. No, I'm not. So tell us, like, Sean, why did yeah. you get into wanting wanting to be an outreach and evangelistic pastor? Why, why is it, has that become a passion of yours? It's a great question. You know, um, I just really go back to how it all started, obviously, is that somebody had to tell me about God. You know, somebody had to inform me about Christ. There was a time in my life, obviously, that uh, I didn't know. And, and I became a Christian as an adult. So I'd heard mm. the gospel growing up, and people had shared with me various aspects of it, you know. But long story short, it wasn't until, you know, I was 27 years old that the, the, the gospel made sense and really grace made sense because that was one of my major issues was that I'd heard the gospel, I believed in Christ, but didn't understand what grace was, didn't understand the gospel. Mm. So not understanding the gospel left me in 27 years of living my life apart from God. So, you know, once I came to understand that it, it, it truly is a gift that, that Christ died for me and rose again and he's offered up eternal life, you know, apart from anything that I could do simply through his grace and my faith, I can come uh, become a child of his. I think that it was in that moment, it was really um, powerful. It was very meaningful to me to be in that state of finally understanding. So I think that once I understood the gospel, uh, you know, as Christians, we're told to go and share it, to mm -hmm. go and tell other people. So I understood as an adult, they made this decision as an adult to come and follow Jesus. So it was very fresh. It still is in, in many ways. It was in 2006 when that decision was made. But I think that um, I understood it in such a simple um, a level that I wanted to just do what the Bible said and, mm -hmm. and tell other people. But I knew how powerful it was for me coming out of that that bondage and into the freedom of, of knowing Christ, um, you know, that I wanted to tell other people. So not necessarily did I know I was going to become a pastor of this, but I had started to do that just as a layperson, just in my job, just in my vocation. You know, I started to tell other people about who Christ was because it was the most important thing they could ever hear. So obviously as I, I pressed into the church and served and, and found that this was my gifting very quickly, it was just about nine months after I had come to know the Lord that I was invited into evangelism training. Someone had asked me simply, do you not share your faith? And I said, no. They said, do you want to learn? I said, sure. And they invited me into training. So ever since, you know, September 2007, I've been doing evangelism training here at Desert Springs Community Church. So just prayed about it. The more and more the Lord worked on my heart, the more and more I desired to lead in mm -hmm. that. Um, I'd already done that in the ministry as a, a lay person. And my predecessor was stepping out, moving on, and I was invited um, and asked, you know, to consider taking that ministry on. So I did. I took that on, and, and uh, it's, it's such a, uh, an important foundational thing that we do as Christians as far as evangelism goes. You know, there isn't anything that, um, you know, it, no Christian should have missed that point. When they become a Christian, it was, it's, it's going to be hard for them to miss the, the command to go and tell other people about who Christ is. So Yeah, why do you think so many people don't do it? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's even the same thing I, I struggle with at times is there's fear, there's hesitation. And, and when I ask people, there's various reasons. One, you know, obviously they, they haven't been trained in a way. They feel like they're not capable. They don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. They don't know 
Um, you know, they feel like there has to be a systematic way of sharing the truth. And, mm. and if they don't share it in a specific way, then they're not doing God justice. They're not okay. representing him well. Fear, just fear of rejection, fear of other people. It is scary. It's intimidating I, yeah, thing it's intimidating. to do. Yeah. You're going up to strangers sometimes. You're going up to loved ones, which I think is even more frightening at times. Trying to tell your parents or your spouse or someone about uh, uh, Christ that you truly love and respect <clears throat> and enjoy the relationship and you know that there's risk involved there so yeah and, and i think ultimately um they they most people haven't sat and really contemplated the alternative and what i mean by that is um either someone comes to know christ and chooses to believe in him or they go to hell mm -hmm. and i think the more that we meditate on god's word and realize what is taught there that that god does love uh, people and, and wants them to choose him um, we have to realize that there is a, another choice, and yeah. that choice, the other choice is hell. It's to reject God in essence. They're choosing to reject Him, and and then that means they'll be punished forever, separated from Him. And to me, the more and more I think about that possibility, and that mm. people choose that, it, it begins to to stir a. Uh, um, a burden in my heart. Yeah, you know, it bothers me to think. And about well, it should bother you. Yeah. So, what do you think about this? Because, you know, most of the people that that go to church or most Christians, they would agree with everything you said. Of they course. would say, "Yeah, yeah, people who don't know Jesus aren't going to hell." And then you see them, and you say, well, "When was the last time you shared your faith?" Right. And they don't know Some if they ever right. have. Yeah. Which makes me think, well, do you really believe people are going to hell? Right. And, and I think they'll answer what they know the right answer is. Correct. But in my mind, I think if you really thought people were going to be eternally separated from God in a horrible place, right. you would have a little more fire lit under you to go tell people. Right. So, so what do you think? It, do you think it's they just, that they don't think about it, they just push it out of their mind yeah. as an excuse? Or maybe they, they think God is actually a universalist or... Mm. I just, I can't, yeah. sometimes I don't know what people are thinking. Yeah, I, 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 I've tried to contemplate that before. I, it's hard for me to say I trust the Bible, I believe in it 100%, it's, it's the Word of God, and I know that I'm going to heaven because I believe what it says there, but then kind of dismiss the other aspect that Jesus yeah. talked about. Yeah, so I think that people, they, as Christians, we don't necessarily talk about it much in church. We don't, we don't discuss those things. We're really more, you know, I think focused on Christ's teaching. And sometimes there's some negative um, aspects of that calling us out of sin and so on and so forth. But usually it's a message to Christians. Mm -hmm. And and hell is one of those things I think that we forget about because mm -hmm. we've moved beyond that um, step in our lives. We've put our faith, we've assented, we've trusted. We, we're no longer really worried about it yeah. in many ways. So unless we begin to remember where we came from, and the, that there are many who will perish. I mean, mm -hmm. the scripture is very clear about that. Um, then, then why would we be moved with burden? Why would it bother us? It's not something we're meditating or thinking upon, you know. And and even being apart from doing it. So if if I'm not busy sharing my faith or if I'm not active in it, then I'm not even having that discussion with anyone. You yeah. Know? So we don't talk as Christians. I mean, me and you don't talk about. Hey, you know, I wonder, you know, what it's like to go to hell very often. We sure. don't think yeah. about those things. Yeah, know, we've been saved from that. So we've been saved from it. It's not yeah. something on our mind. Yeah, but exactly. it's important to remember if we care, if we're going to follow the second great commandment to yeah. love others. That's right. Love our neighbor. We need yeah. to think about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I have this year really tried to think about my service to the Lord and to other people, and that's the way I've tried to put it. And everything that we do. 
Um, if we can do it for the glory of God and for the sake of others, I think that we're, we're going to be in a healthy state of mm-hmm. trying to serve. And, and that's the way I've tried to even apply myself for the evangelism because I'm fearful. And I've done this for years. And, and I was a Marine and I'm oh, brave and all these things. But when you step into that state of telling somebody really good news, it makes no sense to me why it would be so hard. Why is it so difficult? Why is there such fear and hesitation? And mm-hmm. and there is some spiritual aspect of it, I think. It's not just my own flesh. It really isn't. No. Because I truly true. do believe it's good news. I truly do believe it's the, the greatest thing someone could ever find and, and know, yeah. you know. But me stepping in with complete training and, and, and experience, I still can struggle inside. Mm-hmm. You know, it can still bring butterflies in but, my stomach. Yeah, but you push through because if you believe it's the greatest message That's right. ever, That's right. then being rejected is worth it. Oh, yeah. Then being uh, fearful, it's worth it to get the greatest. If you really believe it's the only way people can be saved, mm-hmm. if, if they want to cut your head off, it's right. worth it to tell them. That's right. If you care about them. That's right. If you care about and them. So sometimes I think it's just even an aspect of getting people to really care about others like yep. if you really care you tell them That's right. and i'm not saying you know you you, you don't beat them down with it <laughs> and every single sentence you say is about it you know you need right. to be a normal human right. but you need to make time and you need to think through how am I going to share this with them yeah. if it's the most important thing. You can't keep putting it off. No. That's I, not loving. Yeah, it's never going to be loving. I had a person tell me one time in training, and they were very honest. Um, I was talking to a, a group of post-college kids, and, and we began to have a discussion about caring for other people. Like, that's where it really begins. For me, you know, we have the act of obedience. Like, I, I, being an obedient Christian means I do things even if I don't want to. I'm sure. going to do what God says. But ultimately, I think what's going to allow our hearts and our, our service to people to continue on is going to be a compassion for them. Yes. And this person admittedly said, I actually feel like I don't care about the lost, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I want that to change, but I'm going to be fully transparent. Like I don't walk around and even think about it. So I'm, I'm surrounded by people every day. You know, this person, you know, was recently out of college. So you can imagine how many college students <laughs> would pass by them oh, yeah. every single day. And they were like, I actually don't care. I don't think about these people as being the lost. And I think that's where a mindset, it's an intentional mindset that we begin to change where we say, I, I say this to people when I'm training, like we pull into a, a shopping um, you know, a, a grocery store parking lot or something. And before we step out, we, we just say a little prayer in our mind to the Lord. Like, God, I'm here. I don't know who you want me to talk to. Maybe there's somebody in here. Mm-hmm. I'm available. I'm going to be sensitive, God. So help me to see with your eyes as I walk through here, getting my groceries. I don't want to ignore you or the people that are around me. That's so awesome. Yeah. I try to just get them to be mindful of that. So everywhere they go, if they thought that way and they realize that every single person that they, you know, have the opportunity to influence that day may be on their way to hell, may be yeah. perishing. We don't know until we ask. So I try to get them to consider that until you know, you assume they don't know Christ. Uh-huh. You know, and, and, and It's a fair assumption. It's a fair assumption, yeah. Well, I think that's great because I think you're absolutely right. Is It's got to start with prayer. Like my heart has to change for people. That's right. That's where evangelism starts That's is, it. God, help me to love people the yep. way you love me. Help me to have compassion towards others. Yep. Yeah, that's a great step. Because 
like you said, you can get all trained up and everything, right. and then if you don't care, you're really not going to push through the uncomfortableness. No, no. <laughs> it isn't going to make it, what it. Trust me, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. We can have the ability to do it, know how to do it, and most yeah. I'd say most Christians do. It's nothing's pushed them over the edge, and sometimes I try to poke them a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know we show them scripture, we talk about the scriptures that tell us, you know, the the Great Commission, and you know, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creatures, and all these different types of verses that are out there. You'll be my witnesses, um, you know, but but ultimately, you know, you try to take him to some verses like uh, in Matthew 9, Jesus is looking upon the crowd. It says that he looked upon the crowds and he had compassion for them. And ultimately mm-hmm. says, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And we see this picture of Christ's heart for these people. He saw them in the state that they were, this spiritual state. Yeah. So I try to encourage people, you know, as I'm teaching them, that that, that may be where we need to start and, and, and begin praying to the Lord enlarge my heart. I'm willing to feel the pain, the suffering, the the difficulty that this may bring, but I need to have a larger heart so that I can see people the way you do. Yeah. Um, and some people come and they, they, they have that. But what I like to do is bring them out of a general concept of the lost to a um, someone they have a relationship with. Hmm. Because if I can say, some, who's somebody in your life that you really care and love, and what does it feel like the thought of them perishing hmm. apart from Christ forever? And then all of a sudden they get some different feelings yeah. versus a stranger, the unknown. And I'm trying to then say, now you see that feeling? That's the kind of thing we want for people in general. We just want to be able to care about you and love you. And I'm going to be honest with you, Robbie, when I've gone out and shared with strangers, I've never had an issue with telling somebody that. If somebody felt like they didn't want to hear this or why are you even out here talking to us when you tell them man honestly it's just because we care about you we love you man and we just this is what we believe to be true Mm -hmm. and we want to tell you this because we we want you to know christ no one's ever come back and 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 punch me in the face or or any (laughs) of those things they've never even been mad there's something about when you tell someone i care about you i love you that it 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 brings down any type of hostility or any Mm -hmm. type of um, even walls, it, you may you may never get to continue the conversation much, but it builds a little rapport, a little friendship. You may see him again. You never know. Yeah. But those are things I try to do. So would you say that maybe the fear of sharing, the anxiety people get is more of the spiritual battle they have to overcome because it's probably not actually going to happen. There's not going to be a ton of opposition yes. to you when it's just it's more of Satan's attacking you Mm. or you're letting worry take over your mind when you should just go, you know what? I'm worried about stuff that's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> if yes. I go share with somebody, they're not going to punch me in the face. Right. They're not, and if I tell them I love them, yep. yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think that yeah, so many, so much of the time we are our own worst enemy, right. or, or we let Satan infiltrate our mind when he says, "No, I give you a spirit of courage, yeah. not a fear, not a timidity. Right. Go tell people, uh, even if they'll you know hurt you." Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, Sean, what would you say for our listeners? And again, yeah. I, one of the things I love about your evangelism training is. You you do a lot of classroom work. You do a lot of memorization. You make people get a method right. down. But it's not just Sunday school where they learn that. Then you make them right. go out and do it. Right. Because unless you do it, you, you're not going to get better at it. That's right. You can learn about it. And I mean, sadly, I've I've seen you, your training. Not sadly, I've seen your training. Sure. <laughs> but sadly, yeah, through through your training, you know, we've talked. And man, sometimes you get to that point where now it's time to go out and people quit. That's right. So they're like, I want to evangelize and get the head knowledge, but yeah. then I don't want to go, don't want to do, go it. do it. Yeah. But, th- but that's the that's the piece. That's, right. that's what you got to do. You got to go and do it and exercise it in your life. So I want you to explain to us a good method to yeah. evangelize. But I do want our listeners to know, uh, unless you go do this, right. 
It, just having the head knowledge on how to share your faith, it's not going to make you good at evangelizing. You need to go practice evangelizing. You need right. to go out and be intentional with your barista, with your friends, with your unsaved family, right? Or be intentional about going to a certain restaurant or a park or whatever and make relationships with people and share the gospel with them. Because yeah. just hearing it and going, oh, okay, now I know how, I mean, that's useless. Right. James, James says that. Don't just be hearers of that's the true. word, be doers of the word. So... We're going to share a method, yeah. but I, I do want everyone to understand that unless you're going to go practice this stuff, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, so, but with that, yeah. what is the method? What's a good approach to share the gospel with people? Yeah, I, I mean, we teach evangelism explosion here. We've done it for years before I ever came around. But I'm not saying as an evangelist that that's, that's what you need to do. I sure. think that, and I'll explain that as far as some other ways, but we do that because there's a, it's a systematic way of, of saying, hey, I want to talk about these things with somebody. It helps us to have a, I would say, a well-rounded, complete gospel presentation where we're talking about grace, we're talking about man's issue, we're talking about God and who he is, mm-hmm. we're talking about Jesus and what he did, and we're talking about faith, ultimately. Those so are those the are the five, five, things? five okay. things, the five main points that evangelism explosion goes through. So, I mean, if anybody knows those things, Things, they could begin to explain those. So things. let's let's yeah. see them again. So yeah. so grace, grace. Yep. Okay. And then we got man, man. So uh-huh. like, and that's where you say you're sin. sin yeah, you got yeah. So grace is talking about what it is. It, heaven is a free <laughs> gift. It's not earned or deserved. We're mm-hmm. never going to earn this. Okay. And then when we go into man, so we're coming out of grace. We say the reason it has to be earned is because man is a sinner and he can't save himself. Mm-hmm. See, God, he's merciful and he doesn't want to punish us, but he's a just God. He has to punish sin. So we really like to talk about God's justice there, that even though he cares and he loves, he's perfect, he's holy, sin yeah. must be punished. But then the dilemma that we have is solved through Jesus. That's the next portion. And Jesus, we talk about him being both man and God, but ultimately what he came to do, he came to die on the cross. He rose from the dead to pay the penalty for our sins, and we can receive that gift through Faith. Faith is the last portion. And faith, not being just like knowing things, we call it head knowledge. It's not just a, I have some facts. It's also not a temporary thing like today. Uh, I need you, God, but tomorrow I don't. We're just talking about the simple aspect of faith. It's trusting in Jesus alone for mm-hmm. eternal life. So that's just the outline. I mean, there's verses, there's illustrations, there's other things that we can use to support those things. And ultimately, I think that's important mm-hmm. is we want to use scripture yes, to be absolutely. able to support um, all of those things. So that's a simple method. That we use, um, and it can be short, it can be long. I tell people you can you could do it in less than a minute. You know, um, and, and I say like this: if you were in a um, an aisle waiting to, to to go up to the cash register to pay for your groceries, and someone's there, you know, and, and hey, you know, maybe you have a track, maybe you have something, maybe you want to break the ice, and you could ask them any kind of question. Questions are so important in evangelism and listening. But if you don't have a lot of time, you want to be intentional uh-huh. with somebody. And if you just had a brief, you know. 60 seconds to be able to share your faith. You can use that outline to be able to do it. You can say, you know what, I, I just want to share real quick with you. It'll take, you know, 60 seconds to be yeah. able to tell you about who this Jesus is if you don't know them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and how to get to heaven. You know, what I've learned is that heaven's a free gift. We can't earn it. We'll never deserve it. Okay. And the reason we can't is because man's a sinner and he can't save himself. There's nothing he can do to get past his sin. He's guilty. And even though God's merciful, he's a loving God, he doesn't want to punish us, he's a just God. And because we're guilty, he must punish that sin. But in that dilemma, he solved our problem, our issue. It's not him who had the issue, it's us through Jesus Christ. He sent his son, who's both God and man, down to the earth. He became flesh, it says, and that he came for one reason, that was to die on the cross and rise from the dead. Mm -hmm. He paid the penalty for the sin that we deserved. But 
He's offering us forgiveness, eternal life freely through faith, and that's trusting in him alone mm-hmm. for our salvation. And and that's a simple, basic gospel outline. Yeah. You know, I and think, again, obviously you could supplement it with tons of, of verses. Yes. Or if, if they have an issue with, you know, well, I think I'm a pretty good person. Right. And you're talking about, no, actually, but you're not. You're not. <laughs> and then and then you can get into, well, you know, have you lied? Have right. you done this? Have you yep. done this? Right? Yep. Or even if they get to the end and they say, you know, this – Grace or faith being the way to get grace, I, I think I need to clean up my act a little more and work right. it off. And you can talk about no, like yeah. what you you know. There's so many ways no. that these yeah. conversations can go. But man, that is a great five point outline yeah. to have in your mind. And even practicing one thing that's helped me is because sometimes you're in the elevator and you have the sixty seconds. Sure. So having a, practiced, and again, this this is loving. It's being intentional right. with your time. But get, writing out a sixty second. Here's what I do for 60 seconds. Yep. And then here's here's my five-minute presentation. That's right. Here's my 10-minute presentation. Exactly. Yeah. And people, um, again, Christians will say, oh, man, I'd love to know how to share my faith. And yet they don't they don't work at it. Yeah. And I think if we if we care about people, you know what? Turn off Netflix right. and take an hour yeah. to write it out, to type it out, and, and then practice it. That's a great point. Get through the points, you know, the bullet points of it, and keep it to 60 seconds. Keep it to three, five minutes. Keep yeah. it to 10. I think it, it it's just a way that we can practice doing what God's called us to do so that we're ready when the opportunity comes up. That's right. And so many people say, oh, man, yeah, the opportunity came. I just wasn't ready. Get ready. <laughs> I, I, I hate that excuse. It's yeah. like Jesus isn't going to let you use that excuse. He, yeah. I told you what to do. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Exactly. So I, I don't know. Well, um, one thing I wanted to ask yeah. you about. So in, in Ephesians, it talks about giftings, yeah. right? Some are apostles, some are teachers, shepherds, evangelists, right? right? Um, uh, would you say that you have the gift of evangelism? That's a good question. I've contemplated that, and initially I think it was always expressed to me that it is a gift, um, that evangelism is is definitely a gift. And then I've heard some other people say, well, that's more talking about um, positions in the church, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that they could be like a, a pastor or a prophet or an evangelist, you yeah. know. But I, as long as I've been around now, I definitely know that I'm different than other people yeah. and that um, this is a gift that God has given to me. So... Some people say, well, you know, you're just a gifted man, you know, who does evangelism. I don't know that that's true, but uh, either way I look at it is this is exactly what I'm gifted to do. Yes. yes you know? yeah. So I think that um, he gave us evangelists because those people are gifted and they can train up people to do evangelism. And that's mm-hmm. that's the point of it. So, yes, I would say that that's my gifting. Um, that's where I'm meant to be. That's what mm-hmm. God has called me to do for sure. Yep. I, I mean, just in observing you, I would say for sure, yes, you're gifted in evangelism. Right. And um, not not just because like you can do it and right. you take the opportunity to do it. Because I think anyone can do that. That's right. But man, seeing you out in action, it's like people are attracted to talking to you. Right. And so it's not even so much anything you're doing. It's like this thing God does where yeah, it's just kind of easy to strike up conversations or it navigates the right way. It's just, and I've seen other people try to evangelize and it's just horrible, yeah. <laughs> but I commend them for doing it. Yeah, right? Well. But there, there is, there's a difference. Sure. Um, now I have, I have heard some people um, use this as an excuse, sure. right? Well, you know, there's certain people who are just so gifted in evangelism. They can point out, you know, to different yeah, yeah. people, Billy Grant, you know, this, yeah. I'm not that. And so, you know, I'm more of the, I just sit at home and pray, or I, I'm i more of a, you know, a teacher, or I'm more of the, the mercy gifting. And, and those are all gifts, yeah, right? Sure. 
But um, this verse in Timothy, I always I, I bring this up to them. Mm-hmm. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 5, Paul tells Timothy, But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say use your gifting of evangelism. Right. He says, do the work that's of an right. evangelist. And and whenever people use that excuse, like, well, I'm just not gifted in evangelism. I'm like, oh, that's great. You're still supposed to do <laughs> yeah. the work of an evangelist. Yeah. yeah, sure. Which means get ready. That's right. Get get your stuff together. Get some verses memorized. Sure. It, it, it's a loving thing for us to do, to be ready to share, like you said, the greatest message humans can ever know or hear. Right. And, if, and if we're not doing that, you've got to ask yourself, why do I not care about others? Why do I think it's okay to disobey Jesus yeah. perpetually? Yeah. Um, and and um, why am I so selfish to take this gift and then not tell other people yeah. about it? Yeah. I mean, those things should convict us all. And and even like writing those things down, sometimes I'll, I'll write stuff down and put it in my pocket, like on a post-it note. So when I'm digging for my keys or whatever, I pull it out. Yeah. And I was like, why are you so selfish with the gospel? Yeah you know, or verses to, to memorize. And we just, we need to do this in our life um, so that we're fulfilling what God's called us to do. We might not be comfortable doing it, but he, he didn't call us to be comfortable. No. Um, he called us to to do what he's called us to do, to sure. follow him no matter what. He literally says, pick up your cross every day. Right. Right? Not right. <clears throat> pick up your, your nice suit and follow me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pick up your instrument of sure. torture yeah. and come after come me. me. And some of us think, oh, that, that can't mean I'd be uncomfortable. Right. Are you kidding me? What do you think, I don't know it, what what do you think it means, yeah, man? Sure. Yeah, I would encourage people, too, that are listening. I encourage everybody that and we tried to do this here at the church is, is begin going out. And, and I think those who are gifted, those who are, are experienced, mm-hmm. those who know how to do this, for those of you who don't know how to share their faith, if they feel that way or if they feel like I can't do it on my own, I, I wouldn't recommend you have to do it on your own. It's not sure. meant to always be done alone. But you find somebody who knows what they're doing and ask them, can I come with you? Can I go out with you? Can mm-hmm. you show me how? You know, I think that's how it's always meant to be is we go out together anyways to encourage yeah. each other. And and you'd be surprised how you'll be used by God in those, those things. But we've seen that happen here where folks come and they don't, they're not required to do anything. You know, just be with the person, watch them, listen to them, pay attention to them, smile, pray, you yeah. know, engage the person like a normal human being. But but learn and then realize I need to go back and get some training or I can do this and, and, mm-hmm. and then try, you know, begin to have that conversation. It's it's just the way it is. But if we if we continue to think that we'll just give it back to God. I'll just, you know, God, just you do all the work. We'll sit yeah. here and pray to you. Like you said originally, uh, if we're not out there doing it, you know, we're not doing anything. We're, no. we're, we're not accomplishing anything. We're not fulfilling the mission that God has left for us. You know, mm-hmm. So people just, they may not feel like they can do it on their own, and that's okay. I didn't either in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that is okay. And you even think about it. Jesus hung out with his disciples for three and a half years, right. and he said, come follow, come yeah. watch me come do watch this. Me. Yeah. And then he sent them out, not on their own, two by two. Two by two. And then they went out and they said, okay, you come watch me do this. And they taught people and they discipled people. So, yeah, I totally agree. Um, For our listeners, like, uh, you know, some of them, there's there's people like I know that listen in the UK and Japan and South Korea, all over the place. Switzerland, we even have some people listening. I know. 
Um, so what are some, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to get down to the church yeah. here in Arizona and take a class. Sure. But what are some good websites even that they could go get trained in evangelism? Yeah, I think there's lots of the You can go right on the, the Evangelism Explosion website. So you can just Google that, Evangelism Explosion. Um, there's various ways to um, learn. You can go to livingwaters.com. There's lots of mm. training materials. There's lots of videos. There's lots of tracks. Both of those groups have those things. Um, those are those are two of the ones that I use most of the time, but there's so many track uh, websites. Sure. Yeah, you know. Great Comfort, right? Way yeah, of the Master yeah, is good. Yeah. I know Vantel's Vantel, good. yeah. Way of the Master is, it's, it, I would say about them, I love, they have an, uh, kind of a unique way. They really do a good job at exposing um, our sin and our guilt. That's what mm. they're really good at. And I think for us, we like to blend it. So when someone, because most, most, uh, and you, you can see if you watch some of his videos, but most humans on this earth are going to say that they're a good person. And they're sure. not going to think that they're that bad because they're comparing <laughs> themselves to someone else. Yeah. You know, but ultimately they do a good job. Their method is really to put you under the light of the law of God and help expose your sin and your guilt, mm. you know, and then bring you to that point of, does that concern you? And if people come and say, yeah, it concerns me that I'm going to go to hell, then they want to give them grace. They want to they wanna tell them about uh, who Christ is and, and how they can be forgiven. But if they're not concerned, they don't care, and they just basically say, no, I don't care if I go to hell. Yeah. Often you'll see in those videos where then they no longer continue the conversation you know they mm -hmm. may give them a track i would always tell you you know if you could for you know carry on that relationship if you can do it you know great if you can't yeah. you got to do your best to share the gospel you know but there's there's a, a lot of different methods different tools but ultimately it boils down there's only one gospel you yeah. know what i mean so yeah. those websites great comfort uh youtube he's like unlike anyone else you go out there he's got so many videos of himself doing personal evangelism so you can see an example yes. so it's almost as if Real you're going with somebody example. else exactly exactly so that's what i would recommend people um go and do i did it i studied those guys for a year i don't necessarily share exactly like them i went sure. to their ambassadors academy because they're evangelists ray's been doing it for over 40 years but to have uh you know uh, let's just say ten thousand videos at your hand of, of various people various responses some people you know um object some people are really ripe and ready but you get to hear the worst of the worst and realize Okay, that's not that bad. But I, I also can learn a response. Like, mm -hmm. what's a biblical response? Yeah, how did to he that handle objection? that? Exactly. So and I know that like, gives you confidence to yes, go out and do it. Yes. When you learn like apologetics and you put that in to your evangelism, because evangelism coming, sharing the gospel, we know that that's what our goal is. But sometimes we do get good objections. Sometimes sure. people really do question us, and and sometimes it's really sincere, and other times it's not. It's a, <laughs> it's just a, yeah, a, you know, it's a just throwing a smoke screen up in kind of a, a way. But knowing those ways to handle those objections to continue you to have the opportunity to tell them about Jesus is our ultimate goal. So I think those are two great websites, two great resources. Evangelism Explosion and Great um, Comfort. You can go to the Living Waters website or they have a YouTube channel. If you just Google Ray Comfort, you're going to find them. There. Yeah, there's tons of stuff out yeah, there. Sure. Basically, uh, we don't have an excuse not to do it. Amen. The tools are available. The command is clear in Scripture. Yeah. As believers, we're, we're not only adequate to do it, Peter says we've been given everything we need for spiritual living. That's right. The Spirit lives within us, and he's he even as much as we're prepared, he's going to help. He's going to convict right. people of sin. Uh, there's no reason not to be doing this on a regular basis. Right. So if you're out there and, and you're intimidated, you're a little scared, that's all right. But it's not an excuse not to do it.
So you need to get trained up. You need to look into these resources and get prepared to go love people enough to tell them the truth of the gospel. Sean, thanks for being here today, man. It's fun talking with you, fun hanging out, fun hearing about uh, evangelism. Um, It's just such an important aspect of the Christian life. It's it's the engine. It's the engine that really drives the church. It's the engine that drives our lives. It's the purpose we have while we're here on earth. So thank you. Well, thank you for being with us today. We hope that um, we helped equip you a little, uh, encouraged you, maybe pushed you a little bit to get more active in, in your Christian walk and tell other people who Jesus is and what the gospel is and how much he cares for and loves them in hopes that they would choose to believe that he died for them and through that receive the gift of eternal life. Thanks for being with us today, and we will see you next time on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.